Welcome to Heart Warriors Radio with your host, Ms. Yona Brindis and Mr. Jeff Casper. You can learn more about these two good-looking metaphysical experts by going to the website at transcodes.com. And you can learn more about Heart Warriors Radio by going to outerlimitsradio.com and going to Heart Warriors Radio. And I am your double chin host, Ryan. So, Yona and Jeff, great to have you back. I know we're going to have some fun this, this week. How are you both doing? Good, very good. Thanks for having us, man. Oh, my pleasure. Before we uh, began the show, we were just talking about why I am uh, not permitted to communicate with aliens. So uh, that's another story for another time. But you're allowed to. I am forbidden. Brian says to us, he cracks some jokes right before the show. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> it's true. Okay. It's true. Yeah. So... Topic of discussion today, we're going to talk about the uh, the positive, or actually the, the, the benefits of, of pain and suffering, because, you know, sometimes, you remember, we're growing up, you feel the pain in your legs, and it's growing pains, and it's like, well, it's painful, but you're, you're growing, so you have this incredible article that you've posted, November 25th, dealing with, um, deals directly with depression, so, Jeff and Yona, can you explain about how pain is actually essential and crucial to evolutionary growth? Yeah, completely counterintuitive from what we all think or believe is that pain actually makes us happy. That's not even spiritual or energetic. That's actually science. That's uh, based on on research, you know, interviewing people, you know, in regards to their uh, uh, fulfillment and happiness in life. And um, the overwhelming uh, surprise here is that people who experience gradual moderate pain throughout their life are actually the happiest really? so mm-hmm, they're the happiest because they have the highest levels of resilience uh, resourcefulness you know and therefore um, ultimately don't um, even experience pain anymore as suffering if, if, and sorry no, no I'm just curious because I mean, because a lot of people are popping pills like crazy right now. Um, the opioid epidemic is huge, so I, mean, I guess that it's helping them or preventing them from experiencing the pain. So I'm wondering if the opioids are, in one way, shape, or form, you know, preventing your people from experiencing true joy, if that's actually a part of it, by not experiencing the pain that it's supposed to. Yes, yes. What's happening when people choose to check out, basically, or numb themselves, um, they're basically choosing, they're using that substance, um, in this case, opioids, if you mentioned it, um, it blocks the lower levels of uh, our consciousness, our pain, uh, that suffering we feel, the trauma, all that stuff, it blocks it all so we feel relief. But the problem is, it's relief. It's not really growing. What, what Yona talked about with pain leading to happiness, very accurate, because people who face pain, learn to deal with it and work through the issues at that level of pain actually grow. When you choose to check out, numb yourself, um, distract, <clears throat> you're actually not facing anything. So what happens is, is you get through the moment, you cope. You get through the moment, you go into numbing, you go into whatever, but then the pain grows. So this long-term pain that you're not facing becomes worse and worse and worse to the point where you eventually collapse, typically. Uh, whereas people who face pain deal with it and see pain as an option as a as a part of growth as a part of change 
pain becomes a sign of, oh, there's potential for growth here, there's potential for change. So it's how you see it and how you experience it and how you choose to live in it. Typically, people who check out and numb their pain end up suffering, and they stick in suffering. Why do they stick in suffering if they're, if they're numbing their pain? If they're not in physical pain or they're not in emotional pain? Well, this is where the, the deeper aspects come in. You know, we all have an ego, and, um, you know, the, the energetic view of ego is, is, a, is less judgmental. So the ego is really there to help us survive, to help right. us cope. Mm-hmm. All right. The problem with that is, though, that um, it also has a function that most people are completely unaware of, and that is that the ego typically prefers what is familiar to yeah. it. In other words, we actually prefer, choose, and like better what is familiar to us because it gives us a feeling of control no matter how dysfunctional it is. And there is the problem with uh, numbing pain. So the pain itself may not be dysfunctional at all, but the coping with pain, the evading it, you know, and therefore the the powerlessness that is um, reinforced is what what creates the problem ultimately. Well, this is something I I don't know if it's necessarily proud to admit, but I'll, I'll just flat out say it, is that when I am in a tremendous amount of pain, like this week, I'm just struggling with the, uh, the possibility that I, my, my beautiful cat, my boss, may, may go to heaven, and it, it's so painful, and I cope by drinking alcohol. I do. I have a couple shots, and it works, and I don't go anything really beyond that. I'm not uh, I'm responsible, but, you know, that's what works. It's kind of like, um, I would call it a partner in crime in one way, but... It's it kind of like puts me in a position that I can deal with things a little bit easier. But I, I, I quite frankly, I wouldn't know um, how to deal with the severity of shock depression without something kind of uh, giving me some room to cope with it on my own terms. So the question I'm going to ask you both is, what are things that people can utilize outside of substances, outside of alcohol? metaphysically speaking, that are healthy ways to kind of give yourself some breathing room before you face the pain head on? And this is really the only question that actually matters, Mm -hmm. you know, because uh, pain is inevitable, okay? It's it's a big part of our uh, human design, if you will, you know, this is how we learn, you Mm -hmm. know, not to touch fire, not to cut ourselves with the knife and so forth, not to lie, not to, you know, so... It has its purpose. Uh, when it comes to like healthy, um, healthier patterns, you know, not the, the addictive type or the dysfunctional type of coping mechanisms. Now we have to look at the different types of pain, mm-hmm. because uh, dealing with physical pain is different from dealing with emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, or energetic pain. So when it comes to physical pain, um, uh, you know, the, you you have of course. A, a certain timeline here, okay? So there's a nervous system that reacts. It depends on the injury or the kind of pain, but, you know, you're going to have to kind of breathe through it. You know, there is no way that you can at least, like, say something simple, you stump your toe, right? I mean, you know, it, it's already happened, okay? And here now you have to just deal with uh, sort of the nervous reaction of it. And the nervous reaction of it uh, can be amplified if we resist that pain. So a lot of people, you know, that, that, you know, experience like a sudden acute pain, they go into resistance with the pain and they get angry about it or they start blaming other people internally. And that is then what, what sort of amplifies the, 
the uh, you know the, or sensitizes the nervous system and to a degree actually makes the pain worse. Mm-hmm. Whereas breathing through it, you know, like sitting in it, acknowledging that I'm in pain, you know, dang, this <coughs> this hurts, you know, something along those lines. Shit, that's painful. You know, to release that initial sort of uh, pain energy through breathing it out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to, to go back into your centered self and see if there's anything that can be done right now. Like, you know, you need a band-aid or whatever, you know, whatever the ratio, you know, whatever, whatever your, your uh, intellect uh, is telling you. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to chronic pain, it's all different because chronic pain is where uh, somebody over time... Uh, basically um, has I started to identify with their pain. And the resistance to that is deeply ingrained. So chronic pains are probably the most uh, difficult ones to find healthier coping mechanisms for because a person has a lot of memory of that pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you have recurring pain, then you're also dealing with the fear of the pain, you're dealing with the memory of the pain, the onset of it, how yeah. bad it was last time, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't experience a lot of physical pains with the exception of migraines once in a while. And there's a certain onset of it. And when I feel the onset of that, you know, then I can literally tell how my nervous system and my energy starts caving in and makes me become afraid of, of all these things, you know, that come with the migraine. And here, the, the healthy coping mechanism with, with physical pain, when it is pain that uh, we know uh, sort of where the causes are, you know, or uh, what triggers it, okay, then the first thing we want to do, and this counts for all <clears throat> sorts of pain, is to go into, you know, not resisting it, into acknowledging yes. it. The second one is to actually apply everything that we know that, you know, could support our body, our system to deal with it. This self-love and self-care. You know, what do I need right now? Like when, when somebody has a headache and it starts feeling like a migraine, drinking water, refraining from sugar, you know, certain things are, are just, um, you know, the, the things that we have to educate ourselves on. Uh, then there is a level of pain where once we're in pain, it's difficult to stop it. And these would be probably the only times where I'd say it's appropriate to take a painkiller. The minimum dose just to cut off the um, the neurological response to the pain, okay? Because there is a threshold of pain that's different for everyone. That once that's cro- crossed, you know, we go into this um, excruciating pain, you know, where we um, are basically completely... Um, feel powerless and then as an extension really to not resisting pain um, the spiritual energetic um, aspect that can uh, really help is to surrender to pain and to really say I am in pain I surrender to you pain you know not as in succumb as surrendering as in not trying to Resist it on no level. Yeah, just let yeah. it happen. To let it happen. It'll wear it out. It'll, pain can't last unless we feed it. No matter what the pain is, um, it will eventually wear out. It'll fade. Yeah. And even with grief and pain of the emotional type, if we just accept the situation, accept the pain. It'll burn out eventually? It does. Because yes. pain is normal. I mean, there's a normal process of, Ooh. if it's emotional, there's grief. There's a normal process to that. 
how long you choose to hold on to it, though, is how much the pain is and how excruciating the pain is. It, you talked a lot about depression, too, and uh, it's a common mental disorder. A lot of people are taking these pills for it, which, you know, I guess, I understand he said it's easy to get on these antidepressant pills, but it's actually pretty difficult to get off, and they don't know what some of the long-term effects of it are. But just talking from personal experience, I went through a period of my life where I was very depressed for a, a pretty long period of time. We're talking about, you know, five to seven, maybe eight years. Right. And what actually uh, trans uh, triggered the, um, the walking out of the depression, I would call it, was the expansion of consciousness, was, was the, you know, adapting new things and uh, taking responsibility and shadow processing. So for right. any of you out there that are listening, that are depressed, you know, there are so many options that are out there, but I'll tell you, if you start to try to expand your consciousness and process the shadow, that could be one thing that can have a dramatic impact. Yes. I was wondering if I could ask both of you guys about that. What impact the shadow processing can have, and why do a lot of people stay in depression for a long period of time? Well, the shadow processing, or basically you're processing your ego or your karma, basically what happens is, is you begin to change your life. Because as you increase your consciousness level, and begin to enhance your energetic state, the options available to you begin to increase. You begin to feel and notice more. You begin to open up. You begin to notice life actually isn't that bad, and you have a, you have a choice. You can continue to be in this low state, or you can begin to expand and begin to choose different things. So, so the shadow work or ego work allows you to let go. It learns, or it, 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 as you enhance your consciousness, your energy, you, you learn how to let it go. You realize it's not that important. You drop the drama of it. And what that does for a depression, as you move into higher consciousness states, what happens is you begin to enhance that potential for change. What if you are caught in a pattern or frequency? I would call it, I would call this pattern or frequency a program within the biological and metaphysical matrix of control where you are depressed and you don't even realize why you're depressed and it could mm -hmm. be because of the frequency that you're on because maybe you don't have access or not aware of the true divine nature for which you really come from. I would say that this maybe people would be susceptible to this for people who maybe don't question or do not um, realize or have the idea even in their mind that they are not a physical body. They are, you know, if in a consciousness within a physical body. So how do people kind of shake away or shake out of a pattern something that's very strong that they may not necessarily be aware of? That's actually quite a typical problem for empaths and energetically sensitives because here um, we're also, uh, we're not only dealing with our own um, processing of pain, we're also um, absorbing or, uh, you know, being under the effect of other people's emotions and other people's, um, uh, uh, you know, as maybe negative thoughts or negative feelings. So when you ask about, you know, the collective, the matrix, and the programming and so forth, then uh, we always need to put in, into account that even though we're only, you know, we, we, we think we are in control and we can see, uh, you know, uh, of what other people do or, you know, what the system around us does, uh, the, the part that is visible to us is really only 5%, so 95% of interaction between me and the world, let's just call it that way, you know, is in the unseen, is in the subtle realm. And so a lot of uh, people 
you know, especially those of us, uh, you know, this this growing number of awakening or, or energetically sensitive people, you know, are actually uh, feeling down or negative or depressed um, because they're often absorbing too much um, uh, energies or negativity from uh, the system around them. Okay, this can be obviously the, the, the directly the people around them, um, the relationships or the jobs uh, that they have or even the place that they live or, um, you know, just uh, being part of a specific um, uh, system, you know, that we all are. There's a reason why, um, you know, here at Transcoast, why we educate people so much on this so that they can better discern. So discernment really is... Um, the part here that allows us, first of all, to differentiate, is this even mine? Okay, am I depressed because, you know, I'm actually in the clinical state of depression or am I depressed because, um, you know, there's a general uh, uh, sort of feeling of hopelessness or powerlessness, you know, in, uh, in, in the air, you know, maybe where I work or where I, uh, the, the relationship that I have. You know, because then I can, I can know better if it's myself or if it's a combination or if it's actually other people's energies. Then a person has to learn how to really center themselves within themselves. And this is where the problem, the core problem with pain and depression lies. You know, when it comes to happiness and fulfillment and purpose, people believe that it's somewhere out there. Okay. That it's external. That it's outside of themselves and this is where they keep looking for it and it's it's almost like uh you know running around blindfolded you know just uh, uh searching in places where they can't find what they're looking for they're, so they're basically setting themselves up for that pain and social media is making it worse because you know in, in these snapshots you know on facebook and so forth where everybody presents their happy moments you know it appears to everybody that um, it, it appears to us that everybody else is happy, you know, except for me. Well, see, that's what it is. If I go on Facebook and I post, I let everyone know, like, listen, everything sucks. I tell them, <laughs> everything is awful. Everything is awful. I've got a zit today. I complain. No, I don't. I don't. I barely go on Facebook. But I wonder what it would be like if people actually posted honest um, responses. And I'm wondering, and actually, to, to take it a step further, have either one of you dealt with prolonged depression before and if so what did you do to um, kind of get yourself out of it yes um of course we have uh you know i i, I to be honest i don't any per, i don't know any person who hasn't um in my case you know it led to uh actually um suicide attempts and uh you know really wanting to opt out and um, you know and and the 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 spiritual experience really that there is something higher than me, you know, that there is a greater power and, um, you know, the realization ultimately that uh, it, it's almost like a form of self-centeredness, you know, to to just um, make this all about me, okay? So how I got out of it is through time, but right. primarily through, um, you know, really going within and stop searching happiness um, on the outside, stop, stop, you know, looking for getting love from others. You know, and, and really learning how to love myself, you know, not, not in the cheesy way, not in the, in the success driven way, in the way that I really understand that, 
you know, we're all in this together, you know, we'll all go through certain phases in our lives, certain stages, you know, that present us with different kinds of challenges, different kinds of pain. And that this pain is what makes me grow, what makes me evolve. It makes me awaken spiritually because when somebody goes through pain, and, and this answers to the initial question, you know, why pain makes people happy, what they're actually uh, developing is resilience. And resilience makes a person feel like they can own it. They can deal with it. They, they're not powerless anymore. So as time went by, and I started making different choices, you know, choices that came more from, you know, from my heart and, and from, uh, you know, this, this true inner voice of mine where I asked myself, um, you know, what are my true needs? What are my true feelings? And, and really made an effort to, to express those. I didn't feel neglected or damned or um, alone anymore. Okay, so it's it's facing that and actually, you know, going through it with it, building the resilience and the experience that we can face life. And more so, and this is then the deeper spiritual truth, that pain is really an opportunity for us to go into this transmutation and turn it into love. So there is even more than just painlessness. For a while, you know, uh, I was happy with just not experiencing pain. But uh, yeah, I would want to. I mean, if you yeah. live, you live a short life. If life is short, right? You know, so why, and this, why do this it? Where people, why go through it? Yeah, I mean, this is where where people can get stuck. Then even if they survive, you know, their their uh, suicide attempts or you know their depression is like at first, you know, the the goal is to be painless, to avoid pain. And this is where we have to catch ourselves, you know, because life is not about the absence of pain. Life is about the presence of love. And so we got to change our inner compass. You know, we got to change our, our inner alignment towards love, self-love, unconditionality. And I know this sounds like a, like a bunch of spiritual blah, blah, but it really works. Yes, it does. So we have to change our alignment and then we need to learn a few navigation tools on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to educate ourselves a little bit. But for the most part, it's really experiencing ourselves, ourselves as being able, as being adequate, as being, you know, back in power, reclaiming our power to be who we are and to get to this place where we can stand in front of someone and say, you know, this is who I am. These are my limitations. I love you. And if you want to love me, then this is what you get. Okay? I cannot decide this for you if you want to love me back. But this is who I am. To really be in that place where you're okay with who you are. You can work on things. Everybody, you know, who has a higher conscious level will continue to improve and correct and work on, you know, uh, the, the enhancement and refinement of things. I love how in your article, too, you identify... Energetic sensations based on the chakra. So, if you are having some issues in your first chakra, you have the basic belonging, trust, shame, abandonment, 
Uh, second chakra, emotions, conditioning, addiction. Let's even skip to the fifth chakra, communication, truth, expression. So if you were to, let's say, spend an hour or two listening to chakra balancing tonalities and tones, would that have an impact in the short and long term on your ability to, let's say, resolve your depression? I mean, if you're doing that and you're attacking it on a metaphysical front, is the metaphysical attack or pushback against depression maybe lead directly to conscious level solutions that you may not have had prior to working on the metaphysical? Uh, excuse me, to a degree, yes. Of course, I don't know exactly which ones you're talking about, but energy work definitely has an effect on um, working with depression, all kinds of mental health issues, physical issues, etc., because it's a focus on changing your energy, on changing your quality of energy, uh, which leads back to changing your consciousness. So if anything, what you check on when you begin to try new things or begin to experiment with things like chakra tones, which I've never done, but if you did and it makes you feel expansive, it teaches you more about your chakras, it allows you to feel more about what's going on, then do it. Absolutely. Because what happens as we begin to focus on our energy is we begin to focus on uh, that subtle body that surrounds us and is within us, we actually learn more and more about um, our own energetic state. Uh, we begin to tie things to certain sensations, and we begin to develop a lexicon of our own feelings. So it can be very beneficial. I mean, it can e even be easier, you know. It, uh, we don't actually need tools for that, you know. The, the, by just being willing to go into this introspective contemplative state right. with ourselves you know meditation or uh, you know just like really a, a simple contemplation can already help the biggest issue that i'm seeing especially with the younger generation is that they're not used to uh, going into self-reflection that when things are still you know when there's no messages coming in when there is no um tv when there is no uh youtube or whatever uh, then they get afraid mm -hmm. okay and then they feel um, you know, that something must be wrong or, you know, maybe they're not, uh, you know, as uh, socially accepted as they thought they were and they're starting to create pain, really, you know, the pain of, of rejection or the fear of rejection or the uh, the pain of abandonment, okay? And so uh, a big uh, tool, really, to to learn how to work with pain and depression is to actually give it a space, give it a safe space where you... You know, spend time with yourself, be it in, uh, you know, walking in nature, um, just sitting still and no outer stimulation because seeking things on the outside has a lot to do with our conditioning, you know, to always needing stimulation from the outside. So we got to learn how to redirect our attention, our focus, our energy inward. And then we don't need to be afraid of that anymore. See, a lot of people, younger people, will say they're depressed, and they actually not depressed. <laughs> no, they're bored. They're, yeah. yeah, they're they're yeah. They're, si they're they're experiencing silence, mm -hmm. and it scares them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and you know, well, they surround themselves with apathetic energies, where like you know, most TV, the video game stuff is very apathy in nature, apathetic in nature. It doesn't have a lot of energy, so their energy begins to drop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly fear, actually, because, uh, you know, they're so used to being surrounded by external stimuli that when that those are gone, um, you know, the the, uh, the person uh, goes into panic, into anxiety. 
All right, and so uh, as a result of not, uh, you know, being able to face uh, that fear of being with yourself, okay, um, a a pain, you know, a even lower uh, energy, you know, begins to spread in us. So it is really this um, this inward um, focus, you know, mindfulness or whatever you want to call this, you know, that that can help us to work with it. The key word is working with it, mm-hmm. not against it. Yeah. You know, and and to, to really connect with our physical as well, because that's also something that that we've observed as energy healers is that in a lot of people who are experiencing pain, what they do, and it doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual pain, they disconnect from their bodies. You know, and then it's uh, so much more difficult to. Uh, you know, to actually um, do these things that we've talked about earlier, you know, to read your own energies, to feel your subtle feelings and sensations. If you're not willing to connect with your body, you, need, you cannot even use your body, you know, as a tuning fork. And then the last thing, uh, you know, is, is really seeing, you know, our willingness, you know, to, to face our pain. You know, and, uh, you know, to acknowledge pain and loss and all these emotions, you know, even anger. Anger is a big subject right now. You know, equally as many people have a hard time accepting and dealing, you know, the emotion of anger. Um, But to accept them all as part of life, you know, and uh, to really understand that, you know, numbing myself from pain is basically negating life. It's basically... Uh, you know, saying no to life. Right, and then another pain will show up, which is mm-hmm. usually regret. And worse things that come along the lines, because if you don't face it, all of a sudden your physical body shuts down at certain points as well. So you either face it now and you deal with it and it becomes less and less, or you have long-term pain that ends up being extremely painful later on. A, a few things, um, you know, to, to, to prevent uh, 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 these severe states of, of anxiety and depression. First of all, um, water. Water seems to be a key element. Um, I agree and, with you. If you're hydrated, you know, the, the, the anxiety and depression, I can't emphasize how crucial that's been. Yeah. Sleep deprivation also, and blood sugar levels, uh, of course, as well. They all play into our biochemistry. And, and learning how to ground your energy, you know, how to, like, you know, take your shoes off, you know, stand in grass, lean against the tree. Those things actually do work, you know. Connect with your physical. Do exercise. One of the, the magical um, uh, tools, you know, when, when you're in depression is to get your butt up and move. Okay? Move. Because the motion changes your emotion. Okay? And uh, the, our biochemistry is designed that way, that when you move your body, you, you're actually lifting yourself up. Okay? Refrain from, from projection, you know. Don't make others responsible. This is a, you know, key mistake because then it, it all stays in, in the external. You know, it all, uh, you know, it, there's never just a, a really self-reflective part. You know, and do walks. Connect with nature. Connect with stillness. Connect with yourself. You know, see beauty. You know, try to focus on beauty. And, you know, there, there are states, uh, and, and those are, you know, uh, quite common, actually, where a person is not able to pull themselves out of it, okay? And then you need to ask for help. You need to ask for help. But for the most part, um, you know, this can 
uh, be just a really good friend or, you know, uh, somebody that you can trust, that you can just talk to. If it's more severe, you know, then you need, you know, uh, the, the help of a counselor or therapist or a group, you know, to work through this. This is primarily the case in conjunction with trauma and addiction. So people who have trauma and addiction aspects um, that come with the depression, uh, you know, they're, they 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 need to accept that this is the, you know, a kind of work that's more long-term or mid-term, you know. This takes a few years. All right. Well, I want to thank you both so much. That was a really fascinating insight into the you know, benefits of pain. I never thought there actually could be some benefits, but you guys knocked it out of the park. So that concludes today's edition of Heart Warriors Radio. I want to thank our incredibly fascinating and uh, terrific host, Ms. Yona Brindis, and Mr. Jeff Casper. You can hear his voice on commercials nationwide. Eventually, he'll be doing all the big films. <laughs> to learn more about Jeff and Yona, please go to the website at transcodes.com. And to learn more about Heart Warriors Radio, please go to outoflimitsradio.com and check out Heart Warriors Radio in the column on the right. So thank you both for being with us today. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you.